Welcome to Keeping Secrets. I'm Vir Koto. Keeping Secrets is a web series produced by Dating Kinky about the intersection of kink and privacy. In this series, we'll be talking about the hidden dangers, hidden allies, and practical steps that you can take to protect yourself and your community. We give you the information and the tools to make informed decisions that are right for you. These webinars are recorded live and then released as a podcast. So if you're interested in participating and you're comfortable sharing, you can join us for questions, just like these amazing people are here tonight. So, uh, here we go. Uh, I'm your host, uh, Veer Koto. I'm a geek, I'm a kinkster, and a privacy advocate. You can check out my website, my very out-of-date website, at veerkoto.com, and you can email me directly at veer at veerkoto.com. Or <laughs> I'm on FetLife as Veer Koto, all one word. The opinions expressed in this series are my own. Your mileage may vary. Consult your doctor if after taking my advice, you have an erection that lasts more than four hours. So uh, we have a lot of new folks with us tonight as we're recording this live. So I wanted to take a minute to talk uh, a little bit about this series, what it's about, and how we approach this, um, these topics. Um, so if you don't know, uh, the website for this series is datingkinky.com slash keeping dash secrets. There you can view uh, all of our past shows. Um, and if you are new, there's, there's quite a lot there. Um, if, um, yeah, so this series, uh, is ex explores the topic of kink and privacy. Being kinky in today's world carries a lot of risk. If you're outed, you might be fired from your job. You might be disowned from your family. You might even lose custody of your children. Because of that, we try to analyze risk. What is risky and what isn't? Everything, everything we do has some inherent risk. And as kinksters, we, I think we know that. Um, so uh, if, a, if a specific activity is something um, you can accept or isn't or can't accept is something that we already intrinsically do. Um, and on this series, we try not to be prescriptive. Instead, we give you the tools to decide your risk for yourself. Um, we also do interviews. Um, since no one knows everything, I interview other people and we've had some amazing interviews um, in 2021 and have a bunch planned for 2022. We also do technical deep dives on things like browser security, uh, keeping your online accounts safe, how to use a VPN and other technical topics to help you uh, keep your safety online. Lastly, uh, during the webinars, we keep a chat line open as well as maintaining the privacy conscious Kingsters group on FetLife. And we're working on even more events in the coming year and years, so please stay tuned. If you're new to this series, and I, I know a bunch of you are, welcome. And if you're already familiar with this series, you know that I like to start these workshops asking a question, usually a why question, like why are we worried or why are we exploring this particular topic? Tonight, we're exploring the the privacy issues around FetLife, which brings up a lot of questions. This is a topic I wanted to cover for a while, but a few months ago, FetLife introduced something new that they call verification. And that raised a lot of concerns about what FetLife knows about us already, what new information they're collecting, and what they might want to do with this information. 
So maybe you're watching or listening to this and you're new to the kink community and wondering if you should join FetLife. Or maybe you're thinking about whether you should get verified or thinking about what is and isn't safe to put online. Or maybe you're thinking about, gee, should I, should I quit FetLife altogether? And I'm sure you have questions that I haven't even thought of. So if you're comfortable bringing them up in the chat, um, please do so. And I really want you to do so. And then after this main presentation, uh, we'll do questions and answers. So let's get started. I'll start at the beginning. <laughs> uh, what is FetLife? Since not everyone who is watching or listening necessarily even knows what FetLife is, what the heck is FetLife? Well, FetLife is a social media platform for the BDSM community. There are similar sites, but FetLife has the most users and for a long time has offered the most features. As of this recording, FetLife is the 900-pound gorilla of BDSM social media. For kinksters such as myself, it's like Facebook, Instagram, and Meetup all put together. FetLife is where BDSM is discussed, where events are announced, where relationships are announced, where people pour out their most intimate thoughts and fantasies, as well as their most intimate photos and videos. And as part of this question about what is FetLife, um, I think it's important to follow the money and ask, well, who, who owns FetLife? Um, is FetLife owned by a single person? Is it part of a larger company? Um, so what is it? Well, FetLife is owned by a company called BitLove. Um, there's not a lot of information out there about BitLove. It's a private corporation, which means that it doesn't need to disclose its finances to the public. We know it's incorporated in Canada, and we know it has a handful of employees, um, primarily programmers and customer service folks, um, and FetLife calls these, these customer service folks caretakers. Uh, the founder and CEO of Bitlo uh, BitLove is known on FetLife and in the scene generally as John Beku. Again, there's not a lot about him. He has his, he has on his profile, on his FetLife profile, that he lives in the Vancouver area. But beyond that, he is fairly private. So... Um, again, talking about money, let's talk about that follow, that famous phrase, follow the money. Um, when we're looking at a company, one of the things that we like to do is understand how this particular company or this service makes their money. So, so how does fate, uh, how does FetLife make its money? Well, FetLife's business model is fairly simple. They have two revenue streams, advertising and subscriptions. Uh, they run their own ads, um, they don't use any of the big advertising companies and they don't appear to use those ads to track users off the site or do any other kind of dirty tricks. Um, so it's just plain their own subscription system. Um, and, oh, sorry, advertising, sorry. They use their, they have their own advertising network and they also make their money from subscriptions. Uh, the people who pay to use the site. Um, so, uh, FetLife is free to use. Um, and then, of course, if it's free to use, uh, the question is, well, why would anyone pay for it? And who are these customers and what are they paying for? Well, we talked about advertisers. Um, and advertisers obviously pay to get in their, you know, their ads in front of the eyeballs of the FetLife community. Um, but then there are customers who pay FetLife directly for some of its paid features. So 
Uh, FetLife's paid features are the ability to go back and search history, the ability to, um, and the ability to view videos. I believe you can post videos without paying, but definitely to view other people's videos, you must be a paid customer. Um, so that's, and the reason that's important is that it's in the videos that we see that FetLife straddles a line between social media site and adult entertainment site. While FetLife doesn't publish information about its customers, talking to a number of people anonymously and my own knowledge of the site, uh, FetLife makes a majority of its money from men who use the site to peruse the photos and the videos. Um, and FetLife makes that really easy with a feature called Kinky and Popular, where it showcases trending photos, videos, and writings. Now let's move on to the risks. When we want to plan around something bad, the first step is, under, is understanding what we're planning around, what, who, or what are we worried about? In the case of FetLife, who or what are we worried about? What are the risks? Well, the first risk is straightforward. Um, someone from our life might find us on FetLife and recognize us, or someone on FetLife might find us in real life and uh, they might recognize us. Um, and if you're entirely out and everyone in the world knows you're kinky, um, this probably isn't a concern, but few of us are entirely out and being in involuntarily outed can lead to some pretty awful things. And we've talked about that. Um, another concern is that someone uh, who might be using FetLife to stalk us. Um, many people, especially women, are stalked online and these worries are amplified on a platform where people post nude and other intimate photos and they reveal really intimate details of their sexuality. Um, and a concern that I have is that FetLife itself might be breached. Many companies are broken into, including fetish and dating sites. Just last year, uh, in 2021, a dating site called Meet Mindful was broken into, and that was in, in January. Uh, and before that, a website for furries called Fur Affinity was broken into in 2016. And in 2015, may, people may remember that Ashley Madison was broken into and uh, the uh, hackers exposed 60 gigabytes of data from Ashley Madison. And that included profiles, home addresses, credit card information, and private messages. So um, that's a big concern um, for me at least. Another concern is that FetLife maybe will shut down or maybe even more worryingly, will get bought out by another company. And this is what happened to LiveJournal back in the early 2000s. LiveJournal, which was a, an early social media site, was doing well, but then it sold itself to Rambler Media Group, a Russian social media company, which ended up gutting the service. Um, and if FetLife were to do the same thing and sell itself off, it could be a huge blow to member privacy. So with all of these risks, you should ask, does FetLife have a privacy policy and or some kind of accountability process? Well, FetLife does have a privacy policy that outlines a lot of the information they collect. And it's actually based on that privacy policy that I gained a lot of the information that I'm bringing to you in this workshop tonight. And I used it as a primary resource. Unfortunately, though, there are things that are simply not in the privacy policy. 
such as what information is collected uh, during the verification process. Um, FetLife also has a transparency report. Unfortunately, the transparency report is also missing a lot of information. For example, it has a graph of content removed at the request of members, quote unquote, but it doesn't list how many requests for removal it received. So it says how many removed, but not how many requests it for removal. Similarly, it has numbers for reporting on hate crime or hate speech and animal cruelty. Um, but then again, FetLife doesn't, dis doesn't disclose how many reports it received, only on how many it acted on. One of the concerning aspects also of FetLife's reporting process is that many reports need to be submitted not through the site, but through email. And email is insecure. And email is plain text. And we've talked about that, and I'm sure we'll talk about it again. FetLife doesn't offer an encrypted email option for these reports. That means that anyone who wants to submit a, a report or even request additional information needs to use a public email. Um, yep, yeah, uh, let's see. FetLife's uh, privacy policy mentions that they use third parties. It's not entirely possible to know all the third parties they use because they don't list them. For example, uh, we, knew, we know that they use uh, a company called Fastly as their content delivery network, and that's, that's a fine and a decent choice. Uh, more worryingly, though, they use Google for both their email and uh, hosting at least part of their website. Um, this is a mixed bag in terms of privacy. It means that any correspondence with FetLife goes through and is stored at Google. And it also means that some aspects of the Google website, um, I'm sorry, the FetLife website are using uh, Google App Engine. It's actually possible that the entire FetLife application is hosted at Google, but um, it's, it's not really possible to know that without being um, at FetLife. Um, it is important to note that FetLife does not use Google's advertising platform, um, which is a major source of privacy issues, their, their advertising platform. But knowing that they use Google for email and hosting is concerning just on its own from a privacy perspective. So, so speaking of privacy, has anyone been outed <laughs> for information they post to FetLife? Uh, and the answer is yes. There are many examples of people who have been found out from uh, being on FetLife. There are stories that uh, most primarily women post about being out with their families and then having men approach them um, about, you know, and speak up in public about having seen them naked online. Um, and there are also examples of people who've had their accounts discovered by their workplace or someone else and then um, having been fired. Uh, a famous example is Jim Brown, a former RCMP officer from British Columbia. For folks who aren't familiar with the RCMP, they're sort of like a cross between the FBI and the federal police in the United States. Anyway, the photos of Jim Brown were found on FetLife and then anonymously reported and he was subsequently fired from the RCMP. So yes, uh, just being on FetLife um, can be a risk. Knowing that risk, uh, the question is, how can someone identify you on FetLife? How can they know that this particular username belongs to one person and not another? 
Well, if you reuse a username from another platform, it's possible that someone will recognize you. So if you use the same username on Google or Twitter and that, that you do on FetLife and that you use for your vanilla uh, goings on and you use it for your kink, um, it's possible someone will recognize you. Similarly, if you add personal details to your profile, like your wallet name, <laughs> then it would be very easy to find you. Um, while FetLife uh, has disabled search by gender and age, it's still possible to search all the people in a geographic region and with enough details like knowing your location and uh, your age uh, and your gender identity, it can be enough to often identify someone with just, just a little bit of information. Also, if you have a photo on FetLife of your face or some other identifying characteristic like a tattoo, it can be easy to identify you. Um, other things that may be in your photos um, that may identify you but be a little bit less obvious might be things like your car, um, details of your home, one-of-a-kind art, etc. So, you know, be thoughtful about the, the things other than you that might be in your photos. If you put information in, um, let's say, groups or posts about your occupation or other personal details, um, that information could also be used to identify you. And that's that's an easy thing to to mess up, right? It's an easy thing to just say, oh, by the way, I'm a, I'm a chef at a, an expensive restaurant or, oh, I'm a, I'm a postal worker. Well, and those kind of small details can really add up and reveal quite a lot about someone. And another way that people can identify you is uh, by the groups you join. So, um, you know, that can be used to, for example, to, to identify your location. Uh, it's pretty common on FetLife for someone to obfuscate their location, to hide their location by saying that they live in, let's say, Antarctica, but then they belong to five Chicago area kink groups. So someone who's looking at their profile can pretty easily deduce that they're either in or at least from Chicago based on that. So what if you don't want to be searched or discovered? What are some ways to keep your privacy or keep people from finding you? Well, the first thing to do is to check your FetLife privacy settings. There you can tune uh, your privacy settings, including keeping yourself out of FetLife searches, restricting who has access to your location, um, and so on. Um, this is a relatively new feature uh, to FetLife. It didn't exist when I when I joined. Um, and it's a welcome it's a welcome addition. And you can go to FetLife.com slash settings slash privacy to change your privacy settings. Um, the old school way of maintaining your privacy is to simply change your listed location, age, and gender. Um, you'll see this on lots of accounts on FetLife where they list their location as, let's say, Antarctica or sometimes Christmas Island. And you'll see a lot of people who've got their age listed as 99 or 100 years old. Um, those are primarily people who are trying to obfuscate or hide that information. It's also possible to simply omit your gender. You don't have to uh, specify a gender on FetLife. So that's another easy way. Um, unfortunately, FetLife doesn't ha offer a way to hide other information about you, such as the groups you belong to. And it would be easy for them to do that, but they don't offer it. 
So instead, you need to be careful about what information you reveal in your profile, in your writings, photos, comments, group posts, and even, again, the groups that you simply belong to. One of the worries uh, that people have is whether or not the photos and videos that we post to FetLife, are they secure? And by that, they mean, can someone just download them? Um, you know, for any reason, but specifically maybe to, to blackmail you or to use us uh, as revenge porn. So are the photos and videos posted to FetLife secure? And the unsatisfying answer here is sort of. Um, the, it, is, it is hard to download photos, um, but it is not impossible. Um, so and I think we'll be talking about that. So let me just keep going here. Um, one feature that FetLife does have for privacy of photos uh, that's pretty nice is called metadata scrubbing. Um, by default, a lot of information is stored hidden in your photos. This includes the time and date the photo was taken, the location the photo was taken, uh, information even about the device that was used, so what kind of phone was used, um, and even information about what photo settings, like what filters were used. Well, FetLife removes all of that before posting the photo online, so it's not possible for someone to access in this information through the photos. Um, Another uh, feature is that they can't just right-click to download um, your photos or videos. In most web browsers, you can just usually right-click a photo to download it. In FetLife, they've disabled right-click download of photos, um, but this isn't really secure as it is possible to re-enable uh, re the right-click menu. Um, and I'm not gonna discuss how to do that, but it is possible to simply re-enable that and then download photos and videos. Um, more aptly, uh, if someone <laughs> wants to take your photos, um, they don't need to get technical. They can just take a screenshot and then they can just take, they can just get your photo or video that way. So while FetLife system does make it more difficult to get access to photos and videos, it's not something that you should rely on for your privacy. Um, another big change and recent change in FetLife is its participation in a program called CSAM. Uh, CSAM is a database of photos depicting child pornography and abuse. Uh, the CSAM program is operated by the United States National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. For people who've been keeping up with these things, uh, this is the same system that Apple got in trouble with for putting on their phones back in 2021. FetLife is scanning user photos to see if they match CSAM photos. So what are some concerns around this kind of, of, of scanning? Well, my first concern is that a picture that's scanned with CSAM could be mistaken for a picture in the database, even if it's not. In other words, what we would call a false positive. The way CSAM works is fairly complicated, but Researchers who have studied it have already demonstrated that not only are false positives possible, but they were actually able to create them. Secondly, uh, what's weird about this program is that even though BitLove is a Canadian company, CSAM is run by an American organization. And even more weird is that the organization running the program 
isn't a law enforcement organization like the FBI, but a nonprofit charity, the Center, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Uh, thirdly, and more, uh, I think most importantly, while you'd pardon me, while you'd think that a list of photos from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children would be of missing and exploited children, uh, CSAM also contains images of cartoons depicting children. And this is where things get a bit complicated. While I think we can all agree that child pornography is wrong, um, there have already been reports of LGBTQ plus content that has been placed into the CSAM database. And by placing it there, CSAM is targeting LGBTQ plus communities. And if queer content is already being targeted, um, and if, if it isn't already, I think it's just a matter of time until kink content is also directly targeted. Um, and then there's the slippery slope argument. Um, people often talk about something that they dislike in terms of a slippery slope. Um, you know, if, if they do this, then, then they're going to get away with that. Um, in this case, though, the concerns about a private company scanning our photos for objectionable content is really serious. And that's especially true when the photos that we're talking about are so sensitive um, in nature. Um, so, so should you be worried about um, FetLife's, quote, content reviewed on ups, uh, upload policy? Um, sorry, yes, and bleh, I lost my place a little. Um, so FetLife also has a new FetLife uh, content reviewed on upload policy. Uh, and they talk there about uh, an AI-based scanning program. That's their words, AI-based scanning program that they use on photos to look for objectionable content. And that's in FetLife's trust and safety page. Um, so should you be worried about it? Um, should you be worried about a computer program that we don't understand examining your photos? And my unequivocal answer is yes, yes, you should. Um, the paragraph in, in the policy that mentions uh, uh, this mentions CSAM. It also mentions hate symbols and blood and gore explicitly. Um, but it also says that the list of things it's scanned for it scans for may contain other things as well. And it would be good for the community to know what those other things are that they're looking for. Um, and it's fine, in my opinion, to have a process like this. And it's probably necessary as part of FetLife's legal due diligence. At the same time, um, just to show how sensitive our FetLife photos are, it would be good to know um, you know, more about this program so that we, the community, can, can understand our risks and audit it. Um, sadly, FetLife doesn't release their source code and their information on this program uh, is in fed, uh, incredibly vague. And while FetLife doesn't say explicitly, based on the program's detection and what they do say uh, of different types of images, while I am speculating, I think it's possible and very likely that FetLife is uh, using Google Vision AI. Um, that's a service uh, offered by Google to detect things in photograph, such as emotions, text, and hate symbols. 
Google specifically offers a service called Safe Search that is designed to look for adult and violent content. Um, and those are the kinds of things that FetLife says it's looking for. Um, the good news about this is that if our data is scanned using Google, Google states that images sent to their AI, um, to their vision AI program, are not stored long-term or used to improve their vision model. Um, but the bad news is that many of us don't entirely trust Google and Google can change its mind in the future. Uh, oh, sorry, I've got some text that shouldn't be there, but that's okay. Um, so what are some ways you can make your post more private? Um, well, you can set your posts and photos to friends only. Um, if that's the only thing you need to do, if the only thing you're worried about is other people, regular people, set your photos to friends only. Um, and if you do this, of course, be selective about your friends because FetLife doesn't have more complicated uh, controls. So, you know, if you trust someone, make them your friend. And if you make them your friend, set your, um, you can um, set your photos and videos to, uh, to friends only and your, and your text posts as well. Um, and obviously, if you're really concerned, don't post sensitive information or photos. Um, I know that sounds obvious, but sometimes the simple answers are the best ones. The easiest way to ensure that no one can get access to private information about you is not to post it. This is often harder advice to follow than it sounds. Um, being on FetLife itself can be an incredibly freeing activity. Um, seeing people, like really attractive people, um, but also sometimes less conventionally attractive people being open and free with their bodies and with their kink identities can be really liberating. And posting intimate photos about yourself or of yourself can be in itself an act of liberation. And so can posting information. You know, a lot of my own writings are very personal and very deep uh, and from the heart. And that's a very liberating thing for, for me uh, on a personal level. So I really understand this need. So I'm not here to yuck anyone's yum. Um, the amount that you post is and should be proportional to the risk that you're willing to take based on your life circumstances. Um, FetLife also allows you to have friends and followers and they can be different. So you can restrict posts to being friends only while still having followers being able to see other posts. And uh, that's why I like friends only. Um, but again, you'll, if you're going to do this, then not everyone's going to see all your posts and you'll have to be selective about who you have as your friends. So what if you've already posted sensitive information to FetLife and you don't want it to stick around? Can you delete it? And if you do, is it really gone? Well, the answer is yes. If you've uploaded a photo or made a post to your own account, you could delete it. You can also delete comments you've made on other people's posts, including photos. And according to FetLife's privacy policy, if you delete something, it's immediately invisible to other users, and it, but it may stay on the FetLife servers for up to a week, after which they'll delete it from their servers. And then in 30 days, it will also uh, be removed from their backups. So that's, that's pretty good in terms of deletion. Uh, if you've posted something to a group, the group moderators um, can delete it. Um, you can't delete it on your own um, without the help of, of, an, of a moderator. Um, one of the things that I often hear from people 
is that once something is posted to the internet, it's up there forever. And so we should just give up on privacy because it's, it's all, it's all too late. Um, and while we can't know for certain that someone didn't screenshot something, I personally think it's never too, too, too late to delete things that we posted, at least to reduce the possible harm. So who has access to the information that, you know, is stored on FetLife? Well, uh, the first category is FetLife employees. Um, and that may seem obvious, um, but, you know, let's look at other companies and their policies. So according to, uh, to a New York Post article from July of 2021, uh, Facebook, the company Facebook reported firing over 50 employees for stalking users on Facebook. Um, and companies like Facebook and Google often have strict policies in place around collecting user data and around their employees, uh, you know, going and looking at user information. Unfortunately, we don't know if similar policies exist at FetLife. If they do, they're not made public. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, FetLife itself may be sold. And if it is, all the personal information about its users will go to the new company. Or if there's a data breach, then all the personal data about the FetLife members could just be posted to the internet for everyone to see, and that would be a huge privacy disaster. Um, and as we've mentioned, um, third parties, you know, including Google, that means if those other companies are subject to a data breach or possibly unscrupulous employees that, of course, our data could be compromised. And that's one of the challenges when we think about third parties is um, we don't know what third parties they're using or what their, what their policies are and so on. So that's, that's another concern. So, so far we've talked about things you knowingly put on your profile or post online, but there are other digital traces that you leave um, on FetLife. So let's take a look at those two. <laughs> um, you know, so we've talked, we talked about uh, your profile, your pictures, your videos, your posts, group comments. Um, but, you know, there's also the loves, you know, that when you love a post or a photo, um, that's stored on FetLife forever, um, as are your direct messages. Um, and there are some pieces of information that you give FetLife without even realizing it. Um, so that includes your IP address, uh, and that can be used to find your geographic location, your internet service provider. Um, they also collect information about what kind of web browser you're using, which means um, what kind of operating system, or what kind of phone you have, and, um, and also your, your browsing history, things that you clicked on. Oh, this person looked at this photo. Well, that's all collected. You know, even if you don't love it, um, if you keep going back to a certain photo, um, FetLife knows it. Um, so, so that's something to be aware of. Um, and something that I think many people forget is that when you register to FetLife for the first time, you have to give them an email. And now, um, this has changed since I registered, but now they also require a phone number. So, so here they have all this information. They have your phone number, your email, they have your browsing history, they have your IP address, they have your profile, they have all your photos and comments and loves and DMs. And that all that information can be used to create a very detailed profile about you. 
Um, and, uh, you know, we've, we've talked about some of these topics like protecting your IP address or web browser settings. Um, and if you, if you're new to the series, uh, I really recommend checking out those episodes because, uh, we go into a lot of depth and a pretty deep dive on them. Um, but you know, there's, there's just an enormous amount of information and we haven't even talked about verification yet. So, uh, we're gonna get we're gonna get there soon, but there's there's just so much to talk about here, um, which is uh, well. Next thing I think is important is so how do they store all this data? Um, as we've shown, that life has this treasure trove of information about us. If you think about what the average person has on FetLife, it has their scene name, their age, their gender identity, their kink identity, their location, their relationship status, their partners, their email address, their phone number, their IP address, their browser information, and nude photos. So uh, how does FetLife store and protect all this information? Um, well, the FetLife privacy policy is very clear on this. Uh, all the information, all the data associated with your account is stored unencrypted on their server and is only encrypted during transports and in backups. Um, and encryption, um, if somebody isn't familiar, is um, a mechanism to provide some kind of privacy. So there's no privacy on the servers about any of your personal data. Um, so our personal data being unencrypted is why I'm so concerned about either an employee getting access or a data breach. Um, there's just so much information um, that it getting out could be hugely detrimental. Um, as I said, uh, your personal data on FetLife is encrypted during transport. Um, and what all that means is that your ISP can't read the contents. But here we are in 2022, and having encryption for transport has been the norm on all websites for about a decade. It's actually rare nowadays to surf a website that doesn't have encryption uh, for transport. So this is not really so much a feature as a sort of standard stuff. Um, and FetLife doesn't have a data retention policy. And a, a data retention policy tells you, uh, you, the, the consumer, the user, uh, how long a company will keep information about you. Well, obviously, we wouldn't want FetLife to delete everything you do. Like, we wouldn't want it to delete your old posts. But it might be nice to know if they delete old server logs or information about where you logged in, et cetera. And uh, as far as I could tell, FetLife doesn't say uh, how long they keep any of that information. It's not in any of the policy documents that I read. Similarly, they don't have a policy about employees. And we talked about that earlier. They don't have a policy talking about what acts, what information um, employees to FetLife have. And that's a, obviously a concern for me. And for FetLife verification, which we're going to talk about in the next slide, it's also not covered at all in FetLife's privacy policy. So uh, the, the big thing here, um, I mentioned FetLife has introduced a new thing called verification. And if you're on FetLife, they gave a big splash screen asking everyone to get verified just recently. So what exactly is verification? Um, what does it do and what are some of the reasons that you might want to or not want to get verified? Well, Twitter has a feature called Verif Verified that is exclusively for high-profile Twitter members like actors and politicians. And if, they, if Twitter chooses you to be verified, 
Um, they put a little ribbon icon next to your name, demonstrating that you're verified by Twitter. Um, and in many ways, the FetLife verific verification feature looks very similar. It's a little little ribbon badge next to your name, but it's it's not selective and it doesn't work the same way. Um, I think people are probably interested in what features verified members get access to. Um, and according to the memo that FetLife said, they said uh, members would get access to new features. Well, there hasn't been a whole lot of uh, talk about what those features will be. They do say that verified members will get more prominence in member listing and the ability to send more messages. Um, but more concerningly, they said that non-verified members would have features of the site taken away, even for people who are paid non-verified members. So I'll go into the features being taken away on the next slide, but it is important to understand that FetLife is actually removing features of the site from members who don't go through their verification process. Um, as I mentioned, uh, they're taking the features away, and this is kind of a, a carrot and stitch, stick approach to verification. Uh, and in this case, it's mostly stick. Um, they're taking major features away from members, even paid members. So what features? Well, kinky and popular is FetLife's gallery of trending content, pictures, writings, and videos that have been upvoted in the last 24 hours get featured on kinky and popular. Um, some of my own writings have been on kinky and popular, and I can tell you with absolute certainty that being on KNP, as we call it, uh, leads to an explosion of attention. Um, it can be the difference between something getting 40 loves, uh, love being a uh, FetLife uh, kind of like, and 400 loves or more. Um, and Fresh and Pervy is FetLife's live feed of new writings, photos, and videos. It's kind of like watching the Twitter feed where new content is posted and you get to see it as it comes. Um, and both Kinky and Popular and Fresh and Pervy videos and videos, sorry, photos and videos will be removed um, unless you go through the verification process. So only verified members will be able to have the stuff appear in Fresh and Pervy and on Kinky and Popular. Non-verified photo, non-verified member photos and videos will not go on Fresh and Pervy or Kinky and Popular. Um, lastly, only verified members will have their photos and videos be tagged searchable. So basically, if you aren't verified, your photos and videos will really only be seen by your friends. Um, and then non-verified members will be deprioritized in search. Um, and whether this is a good or bad thing is really in how you look at it. Um, non-verified members will also be able to send less outgoing messages per day. And while some might see this as a good thing, it could also impact people who send messages to many people, such as um, organizers of events, um, when they send messages to all the attendees of an upcoming event. Also, uh, FetLife introduced a new follow recommendation feature, which appears to um, recommend prominent posters. Only verified members will have the ability to be on this list. So you won't be recommended unless you're verified.
So with all these changes, what exactly is the verification process? Well, the verification process is that people who want to be verified must take a photo of themselves in a specific pose and upload it to their profile. Um, they may set the, they, meaning the member, may set the privacy level of photo to, uh, to a more private setting, but it must be seen and approved by a FetLife employee. FetLife does not allow members to delete the photo once they've been verified. The photo must stay up. So why might someone want to get verified <laughs> with all these? Uh, I mean, we talked about the features, but why might someone want those features in particular? Well, um, with the increased availability of paid content providers, such as OnlyFans, more people are coming to FetLife to increase their visibility as an adult content provider, to grow a following and get an audience who's willing to pay for their work. If you're an adult content provider who uses Facebook, uh, sorry, FetLife this way, then FetLife verification becomes essentially mandatory in order for you to be visible and featured on the site. Um, and, if, and if you are an adult content provider, you're probably also paying for the ability to post uh, videos. So now you've got, you're paying and you're also verified. Um, and while advertising paid sex work is not allowed on FetLife, uh, fetish work falls into a gray area and many sex workers and fetish workers advertise on, on the platform in the same way that the adult content providers do. So if someone wants to be seen in order to sell services, um, they're probably going to need to go through the FetLife verification process. Um, also, if you're an exhibitionist and you want lots of people to see and appreciate your photos and videos, you essentially need to be verified in order to continue to get the pleasure of seeing people love and comment on your content. And I believe that if verified becomes the norm on FetLife, that it will be inevitable that some people will only communicate with other people who are verified. It's going to change the culture uh, of, of FetLife. In fact, this may become a feature on the site, but it's possible in-person events will also confuse FetLife verification for proper safety vetting. And then they might deny people access to events in the future unless they're willing to give up their privacy. So <laughs> now that we've covered reasons you may want to get verified, so what are some of the reasons you might not want to get verified? Well, uh, FetLife doesn't mention in their ver in their privacy policy, doesn't sorry, doesn't mention verification in their privacy policy. They don't discuss your photos, who sees them or how long or how they're stored. Uh, because of this, we can only conclude that FetLife, that these verification photos are stored alongside other photos with the same security and that FetLife employees have access to them. And we've discussed that several times. It's also clear in the FetLife verification documents that the verification photos must remain on the site to keep your verification status. Um, and not everyone wants the, their photos up there. Um, and previously, when we've discussed safety on FetLife and other kink-related sites, um, one piece of advice is generally not to share face photos or photos with identifying, identifying characteristics like tattoos. And in this case, FetLife is asking people to do exactly that to take photos of their, of their faces. And moreover, 
they want people to do so while demonstrating for certain that they're connected with FetLife by making the FetLife symbol. And that means that there's no room for deniability. You can't say, oh, that wasn't really me because it, it, it was a photo or it was a stolen photo. By doing this, it makes it very clear that this was you. So you can't deny that you're on FetLife. Um, many people on FetLife, particularly women, are inundated with messages from people and mostly men. Um, and while it's possible to set your post to friends only, you may want people to stumble on your photo, but for it not to be featured or searchable. And FetLife's verification system, by restricting um, visibility, is essentially doing some of that for you. So you don't have to uh, take any action. Randos won't be able to see you or contact you as easily. Um, and then there's this idea in computing called the principle of least privilege. Um, and that basically means if something like a computer program should only be given certain uh, privileges that it needs to complete its task, you should only give it that uh, those privileges and nothing more. Um, and since that might not be very clear, it's kind of technical, let me give you an example. If you go to the dentist to get a filling, you shouldn't need to give the dentist a, a set of keys to your home. The dentist doesn't need your keys to perform the job of giving you a filling. So you shouldn't be giving them your keys. And if you aren't going to be displaying your personal photos on FetLife and looking for that audience, then you don't need the features that FetLife is giving its verified members. So don't give it to them. So why is FetLife putting in validation uh, or verification, pardon me? What is, uh, what is their motivation? Why do they implement it? And why are they trying to get everyone uh, to see, you know, why are they trying to get an employee to see everyone's photos? There has to be a reason. And while I don't have direct access to FetLife's internal processes, I'm going to speculate on a why, uh, on why they've done this. When FetLife talks about um, financial systems, so in FetLife's privacy, uh, privacy policy, sorry, in their verification fact, they talk about financial systems and the, and the external pressures. Um, and they're most likely talking about interactions with their payment processor and the credit card companies. Several years ago, uh, FetLife took down a ton of content without warning, content that contained any reference to, to hypnosis or any content that had blood or certain terms related to violence and kink. And after they had done this, they explained to the community that this was due to a, a change demanded to them by the credit card companies. So the credit card companies demanded something and they implemented it across the entire site without telling anyone that they were going to do it. And it seems likely that this verification change is similarly motivated and that it's possibly related to changes to the master to to mastercard that have affected adult sites uh, mastercard's new policy requires that adult entertainment sites keep information on every performer including a copy of their government issued id um, and mastercard claims that this policy is to curb sex trafficking and before I go into this short rant, I'm going to emphasize that these opinions are my own and don't represent dating kinky, but I think we've seen the harm that these kind of actions can take. 
um, and which we've seen explicitly in Operation Chokepoint and then in the passing and subsequent um, situation of having passed SESTA-FOSTA in the United States. These, change, these policy changes in the U.S. were sold as ways to protect children, but they've had no measurable effect on trafficking. Instead, they've just harmed the, the safety of sex workers. Uh, one second here. Um, for a site like FetLife, these kind of changes could harm thousands or millions of kinksters in the same way. And I fear that we're only one step away from asking right now for face photos to asking for copies of government IDs. Um, and um, that's pretty scary to me. So <laughs> I believe that credit card policies are a reason, probably the biggest reason um, for this change. Uh, another reason it, I believe FetLife is shifting more and more, uh, is, is, sorry, another reason that I think FetLife is putting in verification is that it's shifting more and more of its business model away from being a social media site and more toward being an adult entertainment website. We've seen in the last few years that FetLife has been pushing its membership toward looking at photos and videos. Um, and they've been putting less resources in things like events and, and other kind of community building. And um, while kinky and popular um, is a well-used feature for most of us, um, several other new features have come around, such as being able to search videos and have recommended, quote-unquote, recommended people to follow. Um, and those are really features for an audience of people looking to just look at the, use the website to look at um, photos and videos and not necessarily to connect with a, with a community. Um, even this follow feature itself was a change. Um, with friends, uh, both sides had to agree to be friends, but with follow, someone can follow someone else without having to approve it. Um, and then that just made it easier to sort of have um, accounts that someone who maybe didn't want to interact with the site could just follow um, without actually having to, you know, be friends with them. So from what I know, uh, FetLife's membership is, uh, and paid membership is primarily men who use the site to look at kinky and popular, which is primarily made up of photos and videos of conventionally attractive young women. Um, and they're not even necessarily or even usually engaged in kink just exposing themselves or engaging in, in heterosexual, heteronormative sex acts. Um, another uh, possibility is that the push for verification is in preparation for FetLife itself to pivot. Um, maybe it wants to go full adult entertainment site, or maybe it's thinking about offering um, adult services like OnlyFans, or maybe even trying to compete with other uh, kinky dating sites like Dating Kinky. Um, in any case, that's all speculation. Um, but, you know, at least if we did that, at least if they were doing that, then this uh, change for verification uh, would make sense. All right. I've been talking for a while. Time for conclusions. Um, the first conclusion is that if you're not already a FetLife member, you'll want to think about your reasons you may or may not want to join the site. Everyone's risks and their risk profile is a little different. So you'll want to think about whether the benefits outweigh the risks for you in particular. 
Uh, and we've talked in previous episodes about how to measure that risk. Um, and that's something that um, if you're interested in that, you should uh, check out. If you're already on FetLife and you're worried about people finding you, check your settings and your profile, change your location settings, your age, your gender settings, as well as your photos and groups to only have what is absolutely necessary that you want people to, that you need or that you want to show up on your profile. While you're going through all this, remove any personal information that you might not want people to see, or at least consider changing the privacy level on your posts. If you're using FetLife as an adult entertainer or as a sex or fetish worker, then you'll probably want Okay, can everyone hear me? Just saying that, okay, great. Um, did did I get through my uh, last slide or uh, let me, uh, sorry about this. I'm not sure what happened. Let's see here. Okay, so let me do the conclusions and and then I will jump into uh, some ads, or at least one ad, and then I will go into Q&A. So, conclusions. Uh, the first one is that if you're uh, not already a FetLife member, you'll want to think about the reasons that you may or may not want to join the site. Everyone's risks are a little different, and so you'll want to think about whether the benefits 
uh, outweigh the risks for you. And that's a very personal decision. Um, we've talked about how to think about your risk profile in the future. I'm sure we'll talk about it again. If you're already on FetLife and you're worried about people finding you, check your settings and your profile. Uh, you can change your privacy settings in your privacy settings, and you can also change your locations. Uh, you can change the location you list, your age, your gender. Um, and then you can also go through your photos and your groups and your posts um, and set them all to um, whatever you think is the appropriate privacy setting for you. And maybe you'll want to either remove some or set them to friends only. If you're using FetLife and you're an adult entertainer or a sex worker or a fetish worker, then you'll probably want to be verified so that you can get the attention. Um, but if you're not and you haven't already gone through the verification process, just think about whether it makes sense for you. It, it may be something you want to do, or maybe it's not. Lastly, consider other protections such as using a VPN, using a second browser, having a second phone number, and so on. So we've come to the end of the main presentation and we'll be doing questions and answers real soon. Uh, I recommend sticking, sticking around for it and I appreciate you sticking around for this interruption. Um, a lot of the time we have really great questions and, and comments and maybe you have one or two of your own. If you do, uh, be sure to post it in the chat and I'll read it out and answer it the best I can. I'm gonna do a little spiel about Dating Kinky, the sponsor of this webinar, and why I think you should join Dating Kinky Plus, and then we'll go right into Q&A. So, this series, uh, Keeping Secrets, wouldn't be possible without the support of Dating Kinky. They've been incredibly supportive to me in helping get this information out to you. So now I'm gonna to talk to you about their offering, Dating Kinky Plus, and why I think it's a great deal. If you're here, you're listening to me, presumably you care about kink education and whether that's this series on privacy, whether that's learning BDSM skills like rope, flogging, fire play, et cetera, or it's soft skills like how to be a better dominant or a better submissive, relationship skills, communication skills, handling emotions and non-monogamy or more, that's all the kind of information and resource that Dating Kinky can help you with. Um, and that's where Dating Kinky Plus comes in. Dating Kinky has tons of webinars, just like this one, that you can watch and listen to. Their library of kink education material has over 400 hours of material on so many topics like being a newbie in the scene or power exchange communication again non-monogamy mental health uh, as well as the series that you're listening to right now and joining dating kinky plus also gives you access to books like the big book of ass and flr fendom and women in charge and next stop o-town um, you'll also get access to additional features in the Dating Kinky app so you can find someone to connect with. And with all this other amazing content, it's easy to overlook that that's actually part of Dating Kinky, right, is the dating part. <laughs> so you get access to features in the Dating app, you get access to these books, you get access to hours, hundreds of hours of material 
and right now at the time of this recording, which is January of 2022, it's only nine 99 a month, which really isn't a lot. When you consider how much material you're getting, you're getting all this for only, you know, for less than $10 a month, but even better, if you sign up for six months or you sign up for a year, you'll save 40% on that $9.99, which is an incredible deal. When you consider just how much material we're talking about, uh, that's an outstanding deal. So I can't recommend Dating Kinky Plus enough. Also, and beyond that, by signing up for Dating Kinky Plus, you show your support for this series, the keep, uh, you know, Keeping Secrets with me, Virkoto. And you show that you care about privacy. You care. You care about kink education. Um, you know those are important things. So please, if you're not already a Dating Kinky Plus member, please consider signing up. Go to datingkinky.com and sign up. Uh, it's pretty easy, and then um, you're going to get access to all this information. And uh, yeah, and you show your support. And I'm going to do one more plug since I know everyone here listening to this loves kink education and that's for the sensuality sex and orgasms event happening between February 4th and February 6th of 2022. That's little less than a month from now. And, uh, that's, a, that's an event that dating kinky is putting on and you can go to sensuality, sex and orgasms.info to sign up for it. Um, and I know that they, that their, that their uh, pricing is a little dynamic. Um, but uh, their, their events are often very uh, inexpensive considering just how much content and how much amazing education you get. So sign up for that. <laughs> sign up for Dating Kinky Plus. Uh, get more education. Be a better dominant. Be a better submissive. Be a better top. Be a better bottom. Be a better switch. Have more orgasms. Have more fun. Just have a, you know, stop having a boring tuna, stop having a boring life, sign up for Dating Kinky Plus and sign up for Sensuality, Sex and Orgasms now. Thank you. <laughs> so <laughs> with that, we're going to jump into questions. Um, before we do, one last thing, I want to mention the upcoming shows that we have for this series. In February, we'll be talking about privacy and dating with Nookie Notes, the founder of Dating Kinky. So who could be better to talk about kink privacy and dating than Nookie Notes. Um, the, uh, in March, we'll have Kink and the Law with Mean Streak Milewide, and I'm really looking forward to that. He's a really uh, great speaker and extremely knowledgeable about Kink and the Law. And then in April, really special, we have uh, people have been asking about secure communication online, uh, since the very beginning of this series. So we'll be talking about secure instant messengers, how to keep your private, your privates private online. Okay. Phew. <laughs> that was a lot. So thanks everyone for sticking around. It's question and answer time. So let's see what we have. Also, um, last thing I've put together a survey for this event. If you could take it, it would mean a lot to me. So if you go to www.surveymonkey.com slash R slash six D as in dog, R as in Romeo, L as in love, Q as in Quebec, V as in Victor, 
and X, I'm sorry, F is in Foxtrot, you can give me feedback on this event. I would really appreciate it. I need feedback. So <laughs> with that, we're going to go through some comments and questions. And if you have comments and questions, please put them in the chat. <laughs> All right, here we go. Um, let's see here. Uh, one comment, uh, we don't know if the images that are sent to be scanned for objectionable content are, are have their metadata stripped before searching, uh, being sorry, being scanned. So um, we know that Google is looking at the photos for objectionable content. We don't know if metadata, so let's say the information about the location of the photo or the device the photo was taken on is removed before or after Google sees it. That's a really good point. Um, and uh, so that's something to be aware of. And uh, that life hasn't made that clear to us. Um, and also a follow-up, Google says that they don't store the photo itself but they don't say if they're, if they're keeping the metadata and the tags coming up from the search of their photos. And that's also true. Um, we don't know exactly what uh, Google is and is not storing. And that's very common for Google to say, well, we're not doing one thing, but they'll do something slightly different. <laughs> so it's a really, really good point. Um, so uh, thank you for that question. Uh, let's see here. What are what about the option of using alternative, let's say sock accounts to differentiate between a verified account and a more private account? Uh, many groups say that they want one to use their primary account. Should that influence which accounts to verify? Well, it used to be pretty easy to sign up with multiple accounts on FetLife, but now they require a phone number and most people don't have lots of phone numbers that they can just sign up with. So it's actually harder than it used to be to make multiple accounts. Um, and I guess if you feel that that would be something you could, you could do or should do, um, verify with one account and then post from another account, that's totally fine. I'll say my personal view is that it's the photo part and being on FetLife itself, that is often the, the really scary piece of information. Um, but I think that's a really good point in that my risk profile, you know, Veer Koto's risk profile is going to be different from your risk profile. And if you think that having multiple accounts will make you safer and you've got a reason for that, then yeah, go for it. <laughs> there's nothing, um, there's nothing stopping you, and it's a great idea. And I think, uh, you know, yeah, it's creative, it's thoughtful. Go for it if 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 you think it works for you. So, um, on to the next question. Natty AB, uh, do you see any conflict between transparency and privacy in kink social networks such as FetLife? You know, that's a really excellent question. Um, in the first series I did for Dating Kinky, um, which was protecting your kink identity, I discussed the idea that in an ideal world, we wouldn't need scene names. We wouldn't need special social networks. We would all just be out and we would just be totally free with our kink identities and it would just be a part of our lives. Um, 
unfortunately, that's not the world we live in. I apologize for the banging. I guess my neighbor is doing some construction. Um, that's not the world we live in. And it, it does create some problems, right? So someone can move to a new city or change scene names and it's harder to track them, right? Make a new account and there's someone new and it's going to be harder and harder to, to identify them. Um, and that is a real problem in that, that push pull between privacy and security, right? That, you know, Hey, it, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be really secure if we took, we took a copy of everyone's photo ID before they went into an event? Well, that would be, but boy, that would make privacy really bad. Um, and you know, every event organizer is going to come at this problem a little differently. And I think, you know, we're going to see how, how this plays out. I'm, I'm really concerned that it's going to harm the, the kink community in a pretty serious way. Um, and so, yeah, I think um, it's a really thoughtful question. I wish I had a real answer. I think the answer is, do I see a conflict? Yes, I do see a conflict. Um, and I think it's an ongoing discussion that we as a community need to have about what that really looks like. Non-Brave asks, are there any similar sites to FetLife that may be better in terms of privacy? Well, you know, that's a great question. Um, not that I know of right now. Um, I was working on something. Um, and if someone is technical and they really want to work on this with me, I might be tempted to work on it again on this in the second half of 2022. But um, the real answer is not right now. They're the they're the 900 pound gorilla. They have all the resources, they have all the users, they have all the features. Um, so no, um, there are sites that, that do some of the features, um, you know, so posting pictures and posting videos and, and posting, you know, um, status things like posts, but, but nothing that has, especially the events, the events is something that FetLife really has, I think, locked down right now. Um, and that's really to the detriment of the kink community that there's this one site that has all this power. Whew. Yeah. Um, Re asks, since you can never get rid of the verification photo from your photos on your page, can you make it visible to only me like on Facebook? I, I don't know. I think the answer is, I think the answer is yes. The concern that I have is that still means that FetLife employees have your photo. And in fact, um, I didn't mention this in the talk, but FetLife actually says that one of the reasons they want verification photos is to comply with CSAM. So they want your photos in order to give them to law enforcement. Um, and that's really scary to me. Like that's a really scary, um, that's a really scary answer. Um, and uh, so data breaches and employee access are really one of my main concerns there. Um, and there's nothing you can do if your photo's on FetLife to protect against that. So that's, um, that's pretty scary. Um, so PT asks, what about uh, Kik? Um, I, I know Kik as an instant messenger, and I'm going to talk a little bit about Kik next month when I talk about, uh, sorry, in April when I talk about instant messengers. Um, but I don't 
know if they do events. If they do, I don't, I don't, I've never used it. Um, but they are pretty insecure sneak preview for April. Kick is a terrible instant messenger for privacy. Um, don't put private things on kick. Um, so, um, yeah, <laughs> that I guess, um, uh, is, is my answer. Um, me asks, uh, do you happen to know if FetLife profiles are viewable on archive.org? So archive.org is a website where they archive websites. Um, and as far as I know, and you can go back in time, as far as I know, FetLife is not on archive.org. It's also not indexed by Google. Um, so from that angle, it is private. Um, it's not publicly indexed. Um, I have heard that there are private websites out there that have, you know, um, indexed. So they've downloaded, scraped all of uh, FetLife. Um, I don't know of any offhand, but I know that they do. I've heard that they do exist. And um, so, so the answer is no, not on archive.org, but I think probably somewhere. So just be aware of that. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. So any other um, follow-up on those sites? Does that include photos? Um, I don't know because I don't know what sites um, might have, uh, what sites have private indexes of, of, um, of, of FetLife. I don't know of any. I know that they exist, but I don't know of any. So, um, yeah, that's my answer. All right, we've got, I, I see some people typing, so I want to give them a chance. Sorry, I'm waiting for what I want to type here. Okay, link to survey. Yes, thank you. Please, if folks um, wouldn't mind taking the survey, I would really appreciate that. Um, it really will give me lots of feedback, and I'm going to make a better survey for next month. Um, but I, I really would love if people would fill out the survey. Um, I see Alex is typing. I want to give them a chance to, to ask this last question. And if anyone else has questions, um, please uh, speak now, or you can um, ask me uh, an email or on FetLife. So I see some more typing. <laughs> Uh, okay, so PT says photos can't be set to only me. Um, I don't know if the verification photos are different um, because I haven't personally gone through that process. They might they might be different, but I know that according to the privacy policy, um, they are um, they're just treated the same way as other photos on the site because they don't they don't reference them they don't mention them in the privacy policy. So that's what we have to go on. So, okay. Um, all right. Well, again, thank you, everyone. Um, I'll look out for any other questions, but before that, I'm just going to um, reiterate. Thanks, everyone, for being here. Um, we do this uh, series, this webinar, on the first Thursday of the month at um, 8 p.m. Eastern, and uh, we have other programming that I'm sure Ryan will uh, want to talk about. So, so thanks, everyone. And I'm going to... Stop recording and then we'll uh, go on to that.
Veer, can you hear me? Yep. Yep. Okay. I just wanted to let everybody know that we have another show coming up at uh, 10 p.m. Eastern. Right now it's 9.25 Eastern. Um, we have.